Life has its ups and downs. Life can be fun. Life is sometimes hectic. And life is full of choices. Welcome to Venture, the podcast that brings the biblical truth to the ventures that we face in this world and live in today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another Venture Podcast. Uh, my name is Dan Wills, and I am the host of this podcast. I'm also the lead pastor of Chandler Acres Church in Bellevue, Nebraska, and it is my honor to be able to to speak to you guys today. Our, our goal here at this podcast is is obviously just to uh, live life together and uh, talk to each other about Scripture and uh, bring up points of topic that um, I, I know that we all face and uh, live uh, through this world today, you know. And so uh, it is great to have you with us, as I said, and uh, we're in the middle of a message series uh, that we're calling uh, Travel Light. And so we've been talking over the last couple of weeks, and so I want to kind of start off with uh, a synopsis of where we've been and and what do we know, okay? We know that this world is not our home. Uh, We are created for more, Uh, but the problem is as we travel through this life, we often accumulate so much stuff that weighs us down holds us back, and, and ultimately doesn't matter, right? And today I've got some good news for you. We, we've got a very important topic to, to help us let go of, of something that is destructive. To, to introduce our theme for today, I want to give you a couple of verses uh, from the book of Hebrews. It's uh, Hebrews 12, uh, 14, and 15. And here's what it says. It says, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. I am convinced that one of our spiritual enemies, our greatest tools to destroy relationships and, and poison hearts is what the Bible calls a root of bitterness. And so what do we know? We know that our God wants us to love, but our enemy wants to kill love and intimacy and relationships. And we know that God wants us to grow in trust, but our enemy wants to steal trust and leave us bitter. Uh, In fact, I believe that our enemy will do everything possible to plant a seed of offense in the hearts of people, okay, that will grow up into a root of bitterness, Okay, let me say that again. I believe that our spiritual enemy wants to plant small little seeds of offense that will grow up and mature into the root of bitterness. It could be something really, really small, like you're, you have a friend on Instagram and, and you always like their post and you always comment on their post and then one day you realize that that person hasn't been liking yours and she, they haven't been commenting on yours and, and you don't understand why they don't like them and why they don't comment, and then you look and you realize that they have unfollowed you. That's a little seed of offense that, that leads to a root of bitterness. Uh, something else small, it could, you could be texting your friend and your friend doesn't text back, right? And you saw when they, the text that went through that bubbles actually started. So you know they read it and they were going to type something, or at least they, they were planning on typing, and then the bubbles just went away. And that little seed of offense grows into a root of bitterness. It could be the Christmas meal, right? We're getting close to Christmas, and every year the same person doesn't bring any food, but they always bring Tupperware and take a full meal home, right? That's a little seed of offense that grows into a root of bitterness. It could be something real or more significant. Someone that you love lies to you, deceives you, talks bad about you, 
That's a seed of offense that grows into a root of bitterness, right? It's the relative that's always critical of you, right? Everything you do, the way you raise your kids, the way you spend your money, even where you worship. You know, they make comments like, you go to that church and, and work up, worship like that, you know? And you just get so sick and tired of the criticism. It, it could be the person that takes advantage of you, you know, misleads you or betrays you. And you realize there is a seed of offense that's growing into a root of bitterness. So let me give you our key thought for today. Uh, we, and we need to recognize this, okay, is that you cannot control what people do, but you can control how you respond, okay? You can't control what they think about you, what they say about you, or what they do to you, but the good news is with God's help and by his power, you can control how you respond, and I hope you'll respond with passion, okay? So I think we underestimate the impact that stuff and, and distractions have on, on keeping us from God, uh, God's best for our lives. And what we are talking about today is probably one of the most timely things we could be talking about because there are some of you right now, you are super excited about Christmas, right? And then there are some of you who cannot wait for it to be over. Why? Because whatever emotional state you are currently in, it magnifies the, this during, the, during this time of year is what I want to say, okay? If things are good in your life right now, like the lights just twinkle brighter, don't they? And, and the, the sweets just taste a little bit sweeter. And, and Christmas becomes just a little bit more magical. It's awesome, right? However, for those of you experiencing drama of any kind... Uh, relational tension of any kind, setbacks, financial problems, it magnifies the pain also, does it not? And, and know this, in the next couple of weeks, God has ordained for, for many of you to be in the presence of the people who should be the most important in your life, okay? And, and make no mistake, your, your spiritual enemy will look to plant a seed of this offense and rob you of your joy, okay? So we're going to talk about what bitterness is. Why is it such a problem? and how to get free of it, okay? Because remember, you cannot control what other people do. You can control how you respond, all right? So what is the problem with bitterness? Well, if you're taking notes, the first thought, the problem with bitterness is that bitterness has a dangerous root, okay? The author to Hebrews in Hebrews 12, verse 15, writes this, that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble. And I think it's interesting that he chose the word root to describe bitterness, because the holy grail of all trees is a live oak tree, all right? Oak trees have branches that are 5,000 pounds each, and they go horizontally to the ground, and it would withstand crazy winds, right? Uh, they can withstand a huge amount of wind. So how is that possible? It's the root system. What you don't see is with a fully mature live oak tree is if you take all the little and the big roots and you line them up end to end, they will span over one linear mile. That's really crazy for one little tree, right? And so the author to Hebrew says, so, so to that, I'm sorry, see to it that no bitter root, what you cannot see slowly underneath the surface of the soul is growing deeper and deeper and deeper, right? See to it that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble. Many of you have experienced hurt, uh, disappointment, letdown, Lies, right? You may not even know that inside of your own life, an offense has taken root. For example, how many of you watch shows like uh, This Is Us 
or, or Hallmark Channel movies or Lifetime movies, okay? I'm going to bet most of you that said you do watch those are women, and that's not to take an offense. It just puts you in a scenario where I was faced with. My wife and I, would we watch those shows uh, every so often, okay? She likes to watch them uh, here and there, and, and I will... Uh, every once in a while, I'll sit down and watch one of those those movies or a show like that with her. It's not my thing, but um, you know we try to we try to do that. But as I was watching it, I noticed, uh, and it occurred to me that every so often, my wife will make a statement like, "Oh, isn't he just the best husband?" or "Is he? Isn't he so nice?" And I realized something that I'm not okay with that. Okay, because here's here's what I'm trying to say, gentlemen. I'm not okay with that we are being made to look bad as husbands, okay, by fictional characters written by Hollywood writers who the actors, in some cases, have never actually been married themselves, okay? Or is that just me? <laughs> I don't know, okay? Now, here's what I'm saying for reason is for what I'm saying this for, is the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 13 says, love keeps no record of wrongs, all right? Bitterness keeps detailed logs of wrongs. Detailed records. He hurt me. She misled me. They lied to me. They let me down. Bitterness will keep growing and going and growing, okay? And the longer you allow it to live, the deeper it grows, and the harder it is going to be killed, okay, to be killed. And so bitterness has a dangerous root. Second problem with bitterness is bitterness has a poisonous fruit. The author to Hebrews continues, he says, See to it that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. See to it that no bitter root grows up inside of you. The author to Hebrews knew that the, the one person that is nursing an offense that allows it to just live in their soul over time, the, the collateral impact of that one offense is widespread. Okay, We know this. One bitter person can destroy a life group. One bitter person can divide a family. One bitter person can make a workplace utterly miserable. Okay. And some of you are, are probably thinking, I, I pray that so-and-so would listen to this podcast okay, about traveling light because the Holy Spirit needs to speak to their soul. And to you, those that are thinking that, I would say this, that bitterness is the hardest sin to see in the mirror because you feel justified in it and you know it. The only reason I feel this way, I feel, is because of what they did. You feel justified to kind of wrap yourself around this close friend that you've become so accustomed to living with day in and day out. You wouldn't even know what life would be like without this, this companion called defense. If we're not careful, some of us would, would, would come into a room like a church service, okay? I'm going to use that as an example. Uh, uh, to celebrate the love of Christ, right? A Sunday morning celebrating Christ, okay? while hating someone else in our hearts simultaneously, right? In fact, the Bible says if you say you love God but hate your brother, you are a liar. In God's world, that's impossible. If you truly experienced the love of God, you can't hate your brother. But if we're not careful, some of us will freely receive the forgiveness of God yet withhold it from someone else. It could be, uh, you know, some of you know, like a, a brown noser at work, you know, or maybe it was just the boss that doesn't appreciate you, or maybe a spouse that doesn't lift a finger at home. But for some of you, you have a problem with you, don't you? Some of you are angry at God. 
We cannot heal from that which we are unwilling to first acknowledge. And so I want you to ask God in your heart to reveal anything that is growing beneath the surface of your soul that needs to be excavated and healed by your spirit. So how do we kill the root of bitterness? I want to read a text in, in Ephesians chapter 4, and then we'll kind of break this down. Okay, it's Ephesians 4, uh, verses 31 and 32. Here's what it says. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. So how do we kill a root of bitterness? First thing is you, you kill bitterness with compassion, okay? We kill bitterness with compassion. There's tension growing in some of you today that are listening to this because you recognize this offense that you've carried for a really long time and the fact that you just feel justified in carrying it. So I told you, in order to kill that, you have to operate in compassion, even towards the person that hurts you. Now, I need to clue you in on a little secret, okay? The laws of heaven are almost always the opposite of your human nature. Jesus said, if you want to be great, serve others. That's opposite, right? Somebody strikes you, you don't strike them back, you turn the other cheek. You want to kill a root of bitterness inside of you, you love, you offer compassion. In Romans 12, Paul gave a very similar teaching to the church of Rome. He said, do not be overcome by evil, but let's do the opposite. Let's overcome evil by doing good. One of my favorite examples of this is a woman named Monica. And Monica is an amazing mom, an incredible wife. She serves people in her church passionately. But if there's a person on planet Earth that deserves to hate the world, in my opinion, it's Monica. She grew up in a home where she endured abuse of every imaginable kind. She became a poster child of the DHS system. She, she went from foster home to foster home, and she suffered abuse after abuse. At a pretty young age, she was pulled into human trafficking, where she became a commodity for sale. She was beaten more times than she could remember. She was raped, objectified, sold. And then there was even a moment that, was, that she was in court for a crime that she said she committed. And a judge looked at her in the eye and said, you are an, an utterly worthless human being. Everything in her life reinforced what that judge just said. She is worth nothing. But God disagreed. And somewhere along her journey, she encountered Jesus, his love and his compassion. And not only was she courageous enough to let God to start heal that bitterness and the, and the wounds that she had toward the man that abused her all of her life, but she took her past misery and turned it into a divine ministry in her church to this day, she is leveraging her story to pull women to a life of hope and self-worth, to remind them that you are not worthless. You are the masterpiece of God. So what do we know? We know what the enemy meant to destroy her, God will flip it. He does the opposite, and he turns it into good. We kill bitterness with compassion, being a part of the solution, not perpetuating the problem. Jesus said, it's best, said it best in the Gospel of Luke chapter 6. He said, bless those who curse you and pray for those who mistreat you. Again, opposite. Do the very opposite of what your human instincts are telling you to do. I heard this statement from, a, from another pastor. The greatest form of compassion is to pray for someone who's done something really terrible to you. 
Say, God, I pray they experience you. I pray you'd soften their heart. I pray that they would know your love. And praying for someone else may not change them, okay? But when you pray, it will always change you every time. We kill it with compassion. The second thing we do to kill bitterness is, this, and this is going to hit hard for some of you, you, you kill bitterness with forgiveness. You kill bitterness with forgiveness. You're listening to this thinking, you have no idea what I did or what they did, right? And you're right, I, I don't, but God does. And Paul writes, get rid of, of all of it. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. And you're probably thinking, okay, God, how do I do that? Well, you forgive each other just as Christ, God, forgave you. You are not generating something here, folks. You are passing along something you've already received. There's a big difference. How did Jesus forgive you? He did it immediately, unwaveringly, generously, unconditionally. He hung on a cross, not to pay his debt, but to pay yours. And he uttered three words, it is finished. And when he said that, he was thinking of you, thinking of all the things you did. It's for the joy that he endured the scorn of Calvary's cross so that you would be free, that you would be forgiven. And I'm going to tell you something. One of the reasons we live in the perpetual cycle of bitterness is because we compare sin, don't we? We compare what we've done against what others have done. And we allow the fact that we haven't sinned as bad as someone else to say, well, I have the right to. I have a right to carry this. See, the word sin is an archery term. Did you know that? It means to miss the bullseye, to miss the mark of God's righteousness. Well, by how much? By anything. Well, well, look at the mile they missed their mark by, but look at my millimeter, you know. Mine wasn't as quite as, as far. The thing is, the consequences on earth are different. With a mile sin and a millimeter sin, they are different. But in the eyes of God, that mile and the millimeter are the same thing. When we miss the mark, it's a sin. And the penalty of sin is separation from God. And the mile and the millimeter both need the blood of Jesus, period. So we come to a place where we recognize what, we've, what we have been freely given. How dare we withhold it from someone else? He forgave you freely, right? Generously, absolutely, unconditionally. I want to give you a, a tip that might help you on taking baby steps towards offering grace to other people because you might be thinking, well, he's Jesus and I'm clearly not. And I don't know how to forgive. Well, how many of you, how many of you guys have ever played a game called spades? Okay. Anybody, I hope some of you have played that game. And in that game, there's a card that in that, in that game that, that trumps every card and it's called the ace of spades. And when you carry a root of bitterness against someone, you live with that card 24 seven. You hold this card against them for 24-7, okay? And you know you find yourself having these imaginary fights with that person, and they are completely fictional, but they feel really good, right? You know what I'm talking about. So what are you doing in those moments? You're playing that ace of spades in your heart. You're holding it against them. It could be maybe you're sitting across a, a Christmas meal person, and everything in, in you wants to remind them of what they did to you. How do we take baby steps to forgiveness? Here's how. In this moment, I want to play this card, but I choose not to. I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow or how I'm going to feel tomorrow, but right now, in this moment, I choose to release them. They owe me nothing. And in the next moment, I choose not to play the card. 
and I will not hold this against them. I release them. And then the next moment, and then the next moment, and the next day, and the next week, and you will wake up one day with the frequency of these little moments of I choose not to hold this against them, and here's what's going to happen. What happened will no longer be an emotion. It will only be a fact. It will only be a part of history. But it will not be something that impacts your emotions. But it's one moment and a time of not playing that card against them. See, my heart is breaking for many of you right now because some of you believe in God and you believe in Jesus as a forgiver, but you are not free and you know it. You are in prison to this memory, this offense, and you can relive it, you can rehearse it, or you can just release it. Someone once said, to forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that the prisoner was me. I pray that God, through the Holy Spirit, will set some of you free today. God is deeply aware of what's been done to us. God, would you give us, by your Spirit, the ability, to the, the courage to not play the trump card against that person, to release them of their debt to us, to set hearts free? And I know there may be some emotion for some of you right now that are listening to this, but I'm just going to be bold and courageous and ask you to be courageous at this moment. There are some of you that, 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 are, that are listening that you know that you are at a brick wall in your faith. And until this root of bitterness is killed, excavated, and destroyed, your prayer today should be, God, I need you to heal this offense that I've carried for a really, really, really long time. And today, if, if you're listening to this, if that's your bold prayer, I'm going to ask that you, you just take a moment right now and, 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 and just kind of, if you're in a position where you can just kind of bow your heads and close your eyes, okay? I want to pray for you right now. I'm going to pray for you right now. God, I pray by the power of the Holy Spirit that you would, would heal wounded hearts. God, help us to have the capacity to release those who have hold a debt against us. Allow us to release them. Allow us to forgive them. And God, set us free. Amen. And as we are in that praying moment, let's remind ourselves, sin is real. Okay, Sin is missing the mark of God. Paul taught the church in Rome that all have sinned, every one of us, myself included, we have missed the mark of God's righteousness, his holiness, and with that comes the penalty of sin. Here's the bad news. It's death. It's an eternal separation from God. But the good news is not news. It's actually, it's a person. The good news is Christ. God knew our predicament, okay? He knew there was no way we in and of ourselves could make it right. None of us could be good enough to compensate for how we've missed the mark of God's standard, okay? So he sent the good news, who is Jesus Christ, who lived a sinless life, died on a cross to pay our debt. But it's not enough to just know this intellectually, okay? You have to receive it in your heart. You have to accept what Jesus did as a payment for your sins, okay? Scripture says, to as many as have reached or received Christ, there is an action there, right? To them he gives the right to be called children of God. To those who believe in his name, for those of you who are, are listening today, you know it. You're not right with God. He is not first. So this is your reason and a purpose of why you're listening to this podcast today. You are listening to say yes to Emmanuel, the God who is with us, and the God who wants to forgive you. So I'm going to ask today that as, as you are just 
pondering what has been said today, that you, with, with, with every being inside of you, maybe you take a moment to, to bow your head and pray again as well, that it might be your first prayer of forgiveness and, and asking God and, and Christ into your heart. Or maybe today it's the first time that you're going to say, you know what, I'm going to make time to make my God first in my life. Whatever is on your heart today, I'm going to ask that you take a moment and pray right now. Amen. That concludes this episode of Venture Podcast. I hope you're learning a lot from uh, what God is teaching us through this series of Traveling Light as we look at how we can reduce the baggage, you know, in our lives. And so I hope you'll continue to be a part of this series as we continue it next week on week number four. We'll talk to you soon. If you'd like to know more about Venture Podcast or Chandler Acres Church, or if you'd like to support this ministry, please visit us at ChandlerAcresChurch.com.